Today, my dear faithful, is the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. And the epistle is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Romans, chapter 6. Brethren, I speak a human thing because of the infirmity of your flesh. <clears throat> For as you have yielded your members to serve uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, so now yield your members to serve justice unto sanctification. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from justice. What fruit, therefore, had you then in those things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of them is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto sanctification, and the end, life everlasting. For the wages of sin is death, but the grace of God, life everlasting, in Christ Jesus our Lord and the Holy Gospel. Taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of false prophets who come to you in the clothing of sheep, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. By their fruits you shall know them. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, and the evil tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can an evil tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit shall be cut down, and shall be cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doth the will of my Father who is in heaven he shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. As you have yielded your members to serve uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, so now yield your members to serve justice unto sanctification. Words taken from the epistle of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Around the 3rd century, my dear faithful, there lived a mighty man named Reprobus. Reprobus was a giant in stature with a powerful build and a great determination for glory. He hoped to achieve this glory by serving a powerful master. In fact, he refused to accept any but the greatest in all the world to be his lord. And so Reprobus the giant wandered the land until he met a great king. Reprobus saw the king's finery, his possessions, and his myriad of servants. And he said to himself, here is a powerful man. He could be the one that I will serve. The king accepted Reprobus's offer, and he was happy to have the servant of this giant. People tended to be more compliant and obey the king's orders when Reprobus towered over them. However, there came a day when a minstrel mentioned the name of Satan in a ballad. At the sound of the devil's name, the king made the sign of the cross. Reprobus asked him why he did that. 
And the king answered that he made the sign of the cross as a prayer to deliver himself from the wiles of the devil. The giant was thunderstruck at this. You are afraid of the Satan, then, he asked. Then he is mightier than you, and I must go find him to serve him instead. Reprobus left the king's court, and he searched long and hard until one day he came upon a wild group riding through the forest. The leader said he was indeed Satan, and so Reprobus offered to serve him. He joined the wild band for some time until he saw that Satan, too, was not the mightiest on earth. When Satan came upon a crucifix in a wayside shrine, he quickly took flight from it. Reprobus asked why he fled, and Satan answered, That is the image of my greatest enemy, who conquered me on the cross. From him I always flee. At these words, Reprobus knew that he was serving the wrong person. And so he left again, this time to search for Christ and his new master. He again wandered the land until he came upon a hut hidden in a forest. A hermit lived in that hut. And this hermit told Reprobus that he had left all things to serve Christ, the Lord of heaven and earth. Thou art my man, cried out the giant. Christ is he whom I seek, for he is the mightiest. Tell me where I can find him. Soon the saintly hermit was giving your purpose catechism lessons. The giant heard for the first time about our Lord, and especially as the hermit told him, he who would serve Christ must offer himself entirely to our Lord and suffer everything for his sake. After some time, Reprobus was baptized, and he asked the hermit for a way to serve Christ. The hermit told him to go to the river nearby, build a hut there, and to spend his days carrying over any wanderers who wished to cross the river. By serving his neighbor, Reprobus would serve Christ. And so the giant did, using his size to help many cross the river safely. After some time, there happened a little child asked for his help. As usual, the giant gladly picked up the boy And he was such a little boy, he easily put him on his shoulder, and he began carrying the boy across. Together they came to the middle of the river, where the water was deepest and the current strongest. Suddenly, the child's weight doubled, then it tripled, and it didn't stop there. The boy's weight continued to grow until the mighty Reprobus felt crushed beneath him. The giant cried out, O child, how heavy thou art! 
It seems I bear the weight of the entire world on my shoulder. Right thou art, the child answered. Thou bearest not only the world, but the creator of heaven and earth. I am Jesus Christ, and henceforth thou shalt be called Christopher, which in English translates to Christ-bearer. Christopher, or Saint Christopher, as we know him now, spent the rest of his life sacrificing himself for Christ, as well as bearing the knowledge of Christ to souls. He traveled far and wide preaching the word of God until he was put to death in the Roman persecution. He was martyred in the year 254 on July 25th, which date is also his feast day, which falls this year on this Tuesday. St. Christopher, my dear faithful, started as a man with a simple goal, to be glorious by drawing near to true power. Eventually, he found the mightiest king, God himself. But before this, he actually served the devil. By the grace of God, he was converted. And as St. Paul says in today's epistle, as he had yielded his members to serve uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity. So then he yielded his life to serve justice unto sanctification. Reprobus renounced Satan, and instead of seeking to be the greatest, he humbly and meekly offered to serve even the lowliest. What a transformation that must have been. The story, though, does not tell the internal struggle that he must have had in this conversion. It is not an easy thing to turn from serving at a king's court to living in a hut and charitably bearing any and all comers through the strong currents of a river. Remember that the people at that time would have been traveling by foot on the dusty roads. They would have been dirty, and I'm sure there would have been at least some who were rude, uncouth, maybe even insulting to this kind, giant benefactor. Whatever the actual circumstances, Reprobus must have suffered many humiliations at this work in order to become Saint Christopher. And yet, he firmly resolved to bear all for the sake of Christ. He turned from his old life and he started anew. He refused to turn back, though it must have been tempting at times. Most likely, the memories of the riches of the king's courts, maybe even the wild viciousness of Satan's band, maybe these came back to his mind to tempt him. But no, he refused. Virtue was his path. 
God's glory his goal, even if that would mean his martyrdom. And that, my dear faithful, should be our thoughts when we leave the confessional. With sorrow we confess our sins, and for that sorrow to be true, we must firmly resolve to amend our lives, to turn from sin, to strive for virtue. In other words, like Reprobus, to turn from our old life and to start anew. That firm resolution is an essential part of a good confession. For can we truly say we are sorry for our sins if we are not determined to avoid it for the future? Can we truly apologize to God Almighty, professing to Him, I'm sorry for these and all the sins of my past life, if we are not resolved to stop offending Him? It is true, we may fall again after our confession. Due to our frailty, our resolution may crumble. But still, we must strive. And so, my dear faithful, when you examine your conscience before confession, take some time to prepare your resolution. Then, after you make your confession, take the priest's advice to heart and take the practical means to avoid sin in the future. As St. Paul put it in today's epistle, as you have yielded your members to serve uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, so now yield your members to serve justice unto sanctification. Strive to live your Catholic faith. And I would encourage you as well to pray to St. Christopher to help you to do it. Pray to the patron saint of travelers as you travel through life. Ask St. Christopher for help and protection against the temptations of the devil that you may turn away and conquer the devil as he did. You then will be a Christ-bearer, carrying your cross after our Lord and achieving the greatest glory any man can have, that of serving the mightiest master in heaven for all eternity. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.